You know, we think of our choir quite justly, this 9.30 choir, also the 11 o'clock, the choir school, as having a marvelous voice. But they have a competitor. Do you know who the competitor is? You see the shadows in the windows there. There's a great campanile, a great bell tower. It's a big bell tower. It's taller than William James Hall. I'm not speaking of a guy named Bill Hall, middle name James. I'm speaking of the hall named after William James at the end of the street. That's 15 stories high, and this is taller still. So as I see it, it's the largest grandfather clock in the area. And every quarter hour, you hear the bells. Just before noon and just before six, the marvelous bells for the Angelus to remind us of that. We tried to do the one at six, but the people at Adam's house wouldn't have it. They were already thrown out of bed at 10 o'clock when they start ringing to have to finally go to school. Well, as that tells the time, we have what some people call the loveliest book ever written, the Gospel of Luke this, this year, this season. And of course, what could Advent or Christmas be like without the Gospel according to St. Luke? And he, the great writer, the innate historian, captures it well, inserts the deeds of Christ, of John the Baptist, into human history with utter clarity, never to be doubted. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch of the region of Etruria and Trachonitis, Pontius Tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the desert. The word of God came to him and he shared it with everyone else. As frankly we pause, in this Advent time of preparation to pray God that we will and we do and we shall have. So this period of preparation is a genuine conversion and change and sending forth in our own lives. John went throughout the whole region of the Jordan proclaiming a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins as written by Isaiah the prophet. A voice of one crying in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill be made low. The winding roads be made straight, the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Truth to tell in our lives we have so many turns and twists and mountains and valleys that get in the way of seeing anything clear clearly at all. So many of the distractions, so many in fairness to ourselves, the tasks, agendas, responsibilities, times for this, that, the other thing, trouble in traffic, a million things. But how important to go, not for the most impending thing, the thing, the doorbell ringing, but for the most important thing, the presence of God in our lives and in salvation history, God's, the Father's great gift of his Son. How important to make time for that. We have a vivid reminder of Isaiah. Here's the statue of Isaiah right here, the prophet. One of a series of three prophets to make up the book of Isaiah. It's often called the fifth gospel because there are the four gospels, but then this is quoted so often by our Lord. And then over here, John the Baptist in the window, right next to his mother Elizabeth. And John the Baptist proclaiming, calling us to examination of conscience and to repentance and to conversion and to genuine change of life. 
to throw out those false values which our second reading mentions, the first chapter of the letter to the Philippians, the apostle writes, this is my prayer, that your love may increase evermore and more in knowledge and every kind of perception to discern what is of value. We have all met people who know the price of everything but do not understand the value of anything. And sometimes as we walk along, we suddenly think, oh my goodness, in this area, that area, or something else, that's me as well. We got the price of everything, but not the value of anything at all. And so not to run after things that are much mentioned and advertised, but worthless, but the pearl of great price beyond all else. And to pause to discern, to discern what is of value. No longer to follow false or empty, false gods or empty goals, or pray to gods who cannot save. Your partnership is for the gospel, the apostle writes. Think of the difference that makes if our part, we are partners in, in spreading the gospel evangelists to everyone. Many of the people who told me, Father, it was freshman year, and there was, there was a, a, a hall proctor, a door proctor on my uh, on my, car, my stair, and uh, he offered if anybody wanted to go to Mass, they could join him, and that made all the difference. It was a fork in the road. I was about to take the breakdown lane. He got me on the high road. I have done that ever since. There was someone I was very concerned. There were people who were very depressive and scaring me about aspects of the Catholic Christian message, and I had an aunt or a sister who took hold of me and consoled me and talked of God's love and compassion that God loves everyone without exception, I realized I was valued and that made all the difference in the world. They made the gospel real for me, made sure that I had it in my bones and I've had it ever since and shared it ever after. Think of the difference that such things make. We're partners together in the gospel. Law students, first year, are very busy. First years, they have no time. They're like first year med students. And yet they've actually gathered after class in the mid-afternoon to pray midday prayer, to make time for God. It's also, quite frankly, a great mental health break. You can get breviary.com, you know, on your, on your iPhone. And to pray that makes all the difference in the world. But to come back to first point, John calls us to repentance, doesn't he? to genuine conversion. And I was trying to think of an example abroad in the land, and do you know one of the most universal examples? Sort of underlay auspices, but one of the most universal examples is the 12 steps. There are many programs that use the 12 steps. Do you know what the 12 steps are? They are spirituality straight up. What St. Francis de Sales, the famous saint maker, if you ever had a chance to get a hold of that book, Saint Maker, The Remarkable Life of St. Francis de Sales, he's one who had such a hand, the introduction about life and making saints. But if you want a body makeum of spirituality, the 12 steps is hard to beat. As a beginning, as a slimmed down version, it's magnificent. Could I mention some of them? We won't do all 12. We might make it to nine, so brace yourself. Are you here? Are you ready? Are we on? We admitted that left to ourselves, our lives had become a shambles. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, that God 
could restore our sanity in life. We decided to turn our will and our lives over to God. We made a searching, a fearless examination of conscience, just what John the baptizer is talking about today. We admitted to God, to ourselves and one other person, the exact nature of our wrongs. We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character from us. We humbly asked him to remove all our shortcomings. We made a list of all the persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them. We made amends where possible, unless it would injure them or others. There's a few more to go. They talk about the power of that spirituality in life so that we finally get to live life and don't avoid it. So we don't choose the breakdown lane, but the high road, which is what John the Baptist said and is all about. We're coming up in two days with the, if you look in the second window, of the great St. Ambrose of Milan, who was such a remarkable person, had such influence on Augustine and Monica. You know, people, you, people think they don't know him, but you know, uh, Monica had come from North Africa through Rome to, to uh, Milan, following her son, concerned, and she, they had different days of fasting in each place. And so understandably, she asked him what she, we should, she should do, what day she should fast on, where originally, Rome, there. Do you know what Ambrose said to her? By the way, I'm sure you, know, you feel you don't know any quote of Ambrose. Ambrose said to her, when in Rome, thank you, do what the Romans do. That's St. Ambrose of Milan. And now my favorite line of his, which is so apt for Advent, isn't it beautiful, his feast is planted square in Advent, 7 December. Our advent is in vain unless Christ comes to us and lives in us. And how do we do, do that or how do we get there? Well, the path is open. You don't even have to buy a ticket to God's bell. We've already heard it. Isaiah by way of John the Baptist. To prepare the way of the Lord, make straight, ready, clear, and untangled in our hearts and minds and lives his great good path, to make room for the loving kindness of our God that we've so long needed to hear, what could be better, what could possibly be better than that? Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.